Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. So, how did you celebrate Choose Privacy Week, May 1st to 7th? Oh, you somehow missed it? Well, time does speed right by in our digital age, but all is not lost. Today, let's look at a few things that you might have come across during Choose Privacy Week if you were looking. Many of these are available on Choose Privacy Everyday website. We'll put that link and all of the others we mentioned today on the page for today's program on the WERU website at www.weru.org. In a recent edition of The Electronic Cottage, we pointed out that there's a tendency today on the part of government and of many commercial organizations to simply collect everything they can collect about those of us who search the web or use cell phones or purchase items online or just try to get directions from here to there. Just what the heck is the motivation for collecting so much more personal information about us than is needed to perform a simple task like returning a search result or selling a pair of socks or transmitting an email message or providing a place to post a photo. Shoshana Zuboff, a retired professor from the Harvard Business School, offers a very interesting response to that question. In a recent book entitled The Age of Surveillance Capitalism, she introduces the concept of, quote, behavioral surplus. When users interact with some service, say the Google search engine, the search provider, in this particular example Google, uses some of the information it gathers from users to improve the accuracy and relevance of the searches. In fact, in the early days of Google, when there was no advertising at all on the site, Google used all of the information it gathered from user searches to improve its search engine performance. But that was many, many years ago now. Today, in this example, Google uses some of the information it gathers from search requests to improve its search results, but now uses much more of that data for other purposes. Here's how Zuboff describes what goes on today. Quote, Surveillance capitalism unilaterally claims human experience as free raw material for translation into behavioral data. Although some of these data are applied to product or service improvement, the rest are declared as a proprietary behavioral surplus fed into advanced manufacturing processes known as machine intelligence and fabricated into prediction products that anticipate what you will do now, soon, and later. Finally, these prediction products are traded in a new kind of marketplace for behavioral predictions that I call behavioral futures markets. Surveillance capitalists have grown immensely wealthy from these trading operations, for many companies are eager to lay bets on our future behavior. The competitive dynamics of these new markets drive surveillance capitalists to acquire ever more predictive sources of behavioral surplus, our voices, personalities, and emotions. Eventually, surveillance capitalists discovered that the most predictive behavioral data come from intervening in the state of play in order to nudge, coax, tune, and herd behavior toward profitable outcomes. Competitive pressures produce this shift in which automated machine processes not only know our behavior, but also shape our behavior at scale." End quote. 
a bit chilling, eh? Let's say for the sake of argument that Zuboff is on to something, and she well may be. This is one highly researched book. Of its 690 pages, over 185 are devoted to supporting notes and indices. Suppose that, whatever we choose to call it, we recognize that there is a collect-everything mentality at play when we use the web, and the information collected about us is used to motivate us to do certain things, whether that's to buy a product, or vote for a candidate, or get a credit card. What can we do to better keep ourselves to ourselves? The honest answer is that we can't do as much as we'd probably like to do, but we can take advantage of one type of technology to minimize the intrusion of other technologies, like tracking, that will essentially serve as inputs into machine learning algorithms that analyze our behavior for the benefit of others, not for our benefit. Here are a few good places to check for tools that can help us understand the technologies we're facing on the web and how to reduce the power that those technologies can hold over us. On the ChoosePrivacyEveryday.org website, under the menu item for resources, click on Tools to Protect User Privacy. That page holds a terrific set of links to other sites that offer tools that we can use to mitigate some of the privacy sucking that goes on every time we click our mouse, along with a short description of what we'll find at each site. Take a look and poke around the sites suggested there. A good one to start with is Panopticlick. This is a service of the Electronic Frontier Foundation that will test how much, or how little, our browsers can protect against online trackers. And perhaps more disturbing, how unique our computer fingerprint is, no matter how effective our tracker blocking may be. This is, of course, only one of the tools that can help us to understand and reduce how much, quote, behavioral surplus of personal information we're providing to companies like Google for the economic benefit of others, not for ourselves. Take a peek at a number of those tools and we'll describe some of them in more detail and how to use them effectively, right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. Music